All right, Ambush, and today we are joined by two members of a group who is mixing some catchy hooks, some roaring guitars, some hard-hitting rhythms inspired by some classic rock, and they mix it in a little bit of a pop and soul, and ooh, is it good for the soul? Because we are joined by two members of Chase the Bear. We are joined by Troy and Leo Gilmore. And of course, we are here to talk today about an upcoming album as well as a new single. It's entitled Underwater. How's it going today, Leo and Troy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Very good. Very good. Thanks for having us. Hey, hey, it's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm excited to have you guys here as well because I am loving this new single. I can't wait to dive into it. But from what I can see from my research here, it's been a little bit of a a process, a journey to uh, get to this moment. So take us a little bit behind um, where exactly did the journey of Underwater of this upcoming album, Honey, begin? Actually, coincidentally, and ironically, we didn't think about this when we set the camera, but it started right here in our kitchen with an acoustic guitar where, where you're watching us right now. It's our band house. And, you know, I was, I was writing a little song about a serial killer. And the chorus was, I don't know who's going to say it. I don't know who's going to say it first. And I uh, brought it to our bassist, Brayden, in the kitchen, and we're, we're jamming it. And Leo comes out and says, hey, that, that's pretty cool. But the verse should be more high pace. And we go, oh, okay. And we try and work it, on it a bit. And it kind of came out about like 15 minutes on an acoustic guitar. Just, boom, there he was, you know. And looking back at the lyrics, it was like, wait, what were you writing about? You know, he's like, oh, I thought we were writing about global warming is what he said, was what my partner said. So I was writing a song about a serial killer the entire time. And he was writing about global warming. And at the end of it, it sounds like it belongs together. It's like, you can't discern the difference, you know? So the song's about global warming, we've decided. <laughs> global warming being a killer, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then we took it to the band, and that's when Leo made it really heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as they played it for me, I heard uh, in my head I could hear very, very heavy, fuzzy guitars and really boomy drums. I was like, yeah, this is a really heavy song. Like, let's let's amp it up. And then uh, we brought it to our producer, uh, Danny Craig, and uh, it was on the short list of songs. We gave him about fifty demos, and he's oh, wow. sent back. 12 that he thought would be the record and he actually said i wouldn't make a record but if i did these would be the songs i'd choose and all that we heard was make, make a record <laughs> <laughs> so we dove in we dove in yeah. and uh yeah danny's production is really incredible on the track uh, and uh yeah that was November of 2019, we went into the studio and we recorded it and we were going to release it in uh, March of 2020, but that's when everything locked up. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's been three years. The crazy thing, the last thing I'll say about it is we've been a band five years and we've had our unreleased album recorded for three years. <laughs> Yeah, we've been sitting on it for a while. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So it was a factor of A, the world shutting down, and then just B, other things happened along the way, like you guys getting signed to a record deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, yes. Yeah, it was nuts. Actually, the whole lockdown thing, like that canceled the, the release tour. Huh. Like we were going to release it like the week the 
the lockdown was announced. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but to, to, you know, we were signed to Rock is Dead Records when we made the record with Danny. That's Danny's record label. And we were looking for publishing for the record for three years. And out of out of the woodwork, 604 records came out of the woodworks. So in a way, had we just released it, we wouldn't have ever had yeah. the, uh, the, the team that we have now yeah. that we really cherish. We're really happy that we we sat on it for a while. We let it we let the plans cook in the background and we didn't want it to be another pandemic album. <laughs> too many. Yeah. I mean they're good, oh, but it's too many. <laughs> So very true, man. It's, uh, you know, people want to be able to get out, celebrate, enjoy this music live and otherwise. And like you said, you guys want to be able to hit the road, support this music. So now that things are opening up, I'm guessing that's part of uh, what made it that this was the perfect time to uh, finally release this music. Oh, yeah, big time. Lots of shows have come back in Vancouver. It seems that there's a big artist here every other every other day, you know. It's really endearing to see, you know, you go to the Commodore and it's a thousand people shoulder to shoulder again. It's like, oh, you know, at first it was, this is great, but I want to run away, you know, like terrified, yeah. you know, it's like, this is really sweet and wholesome to see at the same time. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but now, now I think that we're, we got really good numbers and the Vax has come in really strong. So it feels like a comfortable environment again. To be in and so it's really really cool to see we're actually seeing our friends brass camel tonight yeah which is going to be a good show hey the best show i saw this year was the beaches uh when they came through i was busking on the street and i played a glorious sun song hoping that they would recognize it and they stopped in their tracks and put put me and my uh love of my life on the guest list to their sold out show which was crazy and uh and then I was in the Commodore, and that's that's what I'm referring to is that experience of just being around a whole thousand people for the first time after three years is just like I'm so it's conflicted. You know? <laughs> it's like I want to just give in and have such a good time, but at the same time, I want like to take 20 more vaccines. <laughs> it was so much easier to deal with you when you were like single file passing by me outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you guys could just play a private show to every single one of us, then everyone will be comfortable. It'll, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll do some backyard parties where there's only 10 people and they're all spaced out, eight feet between them. <laughs> We're wow. hoping to do some tour like, next year. We did a few shows this year, and there's a few more happening, but we don't have any big extensive tour plans until next year. We're hoping to find someone cool to play with. So if there's anyone cool listening, <laughs> anybody cool our first show of the year our, our first show of the year at the hollywood actually was kind of done on purpose to for like build up for the for the single because we did the the music video there mm-hmm. and uh the, it just dropped yesterday or today. yeah you can find our music video online we should mention that it's on rock is dead's uh youtube channel mm-hmm. and it was filmed here in vancouver with all our friends and family <laughs> it, was, it was such a wild show and it was like the first time back in what seemed like a, a very very long time to be in like a like had a, had a huge crowd in front of us yeah, it's the first time in three years we had a crowd 
Yeah, like a proper crowd, and we were so nervous. I think we fought over that show for like three months afterwards. Because we're like, this is the worst show ever. But it's like, no, it was just the first time being nervous in front of people again, you know, and that kind of colored the memory. And seeing the video, <laughs> like seeing the video after everything, it was like everything that happened was worth it. And it, it oh, was. Yeah. It was worth the fight. It was worth the battle, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And of creative warfare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As artists, you know, and as people too, we're always our own worst enemies, right? We're like, we judge ourselves the hardest. We're like, everybody could have had a great time. Anyone in the building could like not have a single complaint. And you're still yeah. just like, man, I should have, sw- like, I should have spun left instead of right. Yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> Or or you hit a G sharp instead of a G for one split second, and you're like, I've ruined the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. If you don't let them know, they have no idea. On the second chorus, like the third song, like. <laughs> oh, I love it. I so... noticed your shoelace was untied on that one song, man. <laughs> Man, threw off the mojo. Threw threw off off the mojo. mojo. When you were tying your shoe, man, what the heck? We were tuning. Like you were tying your shoe. Where were you? Where were you? On the solid feet, not the end. (laughs) The worst. The worst part about being in front of people again. It's great, but it's so nerve wracking that there's like two seconds of silence between songs. Right, getting into the next song, and on the stage when you hear that, as the audience member, when I'm in other shows. That silence is nothing. It's like, yeah, okay, they're tuning, yeah. they're turning the pedal on, they're getting ready. Yeah. Okay, here, and then we're still doing With it. That silence between songs for a musician is like a nightmare. Performing, <laughs> and you happen to be me or Connor. It's like, okay, word vomit. You know, it's just like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, wait, why did I say all those things? <laughs> Thirty seconds feels like a fucking eternity, man. That's crazy. Crazy. But live music more than the single of suit. Yeah, it's always like, like who's gonna talk to four seconds and it feels like it's like a couple of minutes. Like Yeah. And there's always that awkward silence where it's like, okay, which member of the band is gonna talk to the crowd? Come on, somebody? One of you? No? Me? Okay, fine. Yeah, and then everybody <laughs> speaks at the same time and they're talking over each other. Oh, uh, you guys you guys know it all so well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, so we mentioned the nerves of returning to the live stage there. So, of course, I have to ask, um, when Chase the Bear is taking the stage, do either of you guys, Troy, Leo, do you have a uh, pre-show routine? Does Chase the Bear have a little bit of a, a pre-show thing that you guys do before uh-huh. you take the stage? We've gone through many phases. <laughs> we, uh, for years, what we would do is, and this is going to sound ridiculous i i'm aware when i think back on the fact that we did this it's like it's not gross it's just like you're crazy people clearly (laughs) um we would do like five to ten minutes straight of jumping jacks to get like our heart rates going while doing like and then just before we went on and we stopped doing this after longer and longer tours because it's not funny when you're tired. <laughs> but we would literally slap each other in the face and be like, are you ready for the show? And we'd be like, fist slapping it, the shit out of each other, just like, boom, boom, boom. And fist show in, you punch like, back. 
Yeah, but it, like when your heart's beating and you get that slap, it's like, oh, God, what's going on? And you go out there with that energy, and it's like, that's a really intense level yeah. to start a show at. We always thought we want to start the show with like the ending a show energy, and then try and go up from there. We would go on stage sweaty. Nowadays, I think we kind of realize that if you just do the normal thing that you would do any other day before the show, you're probably going to be in a pretty good place to like on a normal day. If you just practice a little and do the songs a little and maybe smoke a joint or have a beer or something, do those things, you know, don't, oh, I'm going to do it by the books and not have a single drink or a single toke or this to that. It's like, what you're going to do is just psych yourself out by overthinking yeah. the little details of what you're doing. And then when you're on the stage, instead of being present on stage and just, you know, spirit for the people to, to enjoy, you're in your head, you know, thinking about, well, shit, I should have had that joint or something like that, which not to endorse that, but I just mean, be yourself, do whatever you do normally. Mm-hmm. And then to hype ourselves up and we still do a little hype up, but it's different. Yeah. There was this uh, rugby club that had us play <laughs> oh, yeah. a party in uh, 2019. That's something that's stuck. And I really like that one. Their their team slogan was, you can't stop the bear. And uh, their coach came up to us after our show and was screaming it with us. Like, <laughs> you can't stop the bear. He's like a big guy. Oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah, Vader. Who was his name? He's such a cool dude. Like, so now, just before you know, we'll ha- we'll check our sound and get a chord, and then we'll face all face each other and just start screaming. You can't stop the bear. And then we'll play. Yeah, and then we'll play. And we'll play. And that's a really good way to yeah, really pump yourself up. Me personally, my routine ever since we used to do tours and we used to drink on tour, like my routine changed entirely. Like I don't drink anymore because of that it was just too much for me yeah <laughs> drinking waking up with a hangover and then having to drive 15 hours to the next show and then do it all over again yeah drinking's all fine and dandy but when In you're moderation. on when you're on tour if you drink on your first show and you're hung over at the next two or three the shows tour you, you've sabotaged your own rock. tour right <laughs> for yourself like you might still give a good performance but the whole time you're going to be sick in the car like <laughs> why did i do that <laughs> But I just smoke a joint or whatever and party on the last show, people. <laughs> the other guys, they like to drink. So like Braden, he might have a beer. Connor might have a beer or something. And like, that's all fine. Danny. But we don't, we don't go overboard. We don't go up on stage, like out of our element. You know, we don't try to like, no, we're very lucid. <laughs> we just, we just try to do like whatever we do. Yeah, exactly. What he said is we just do whatever we did that day. Like every other day, just treat it like a normal day. We, we pretty much want to usually at your peak, whatever we do in the rehearsal space, we want to do the same thing on the stage. Like if it dramatically sounds different on the stage, something's amiss because we, we're very well rehearsed. Even when we're not playing a show, we do three to four days a week, yeah. uh, every week. And sometimes we'll play our whole catalog most week. So we'll, we'll write songs and do content, but then play our whole catalog, even when there isn't show. Yeah. So we're pretty tight on our music. And, and yeah, it's, we want it to feel the same as the rehearsal space. Cause it's like, why did you rehearse if it's not going to feel that way? Right. Yeah. Yes, one thing that I've always heard is that you should practice like you're going to play. 
just so oh, that, yeah, like, when you're pra- when you get to this stage, you're ready and there's no surprises, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do too. Like the we- guys are so painfully aware of every little dumb thing I'm gonna like shout on the mic. <laughs> We're hyper aware of each other's mistakes too, and, and but I mean, like, it, it's a good thing because we, we when we practice, we some I know some bands like when they make a mistake, or whatever they'll stop and they'll like, oh, they'll discuss, discuss it and like take it all apart. We'll go all the way through the song. We'll push through the mistakes and then we'll talk about it afterwards and be like, okay, hey, you fucked up this part. You want to like practice that part a little bit or. You know, but we, we don't we don't stop. We try to treat it like a show. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and the on. same sense of like engineering a show too, because you have the performance, but then you have the small things. So what Leo just said is, yeah, we will do exactly that. We'll like if we're not sure about a verse of a song, say it's our first song. Even we actually recently put our first song back in circulation. Pockets full of change, mm-hmm. and we played the verse for about twenty minutes straight, just trying to feel the groove together and lock in on it but when we play our set yeah every time we start a timer and we say like it's a fucking stadium boys <laughs> you know can't go over come on yeah that's right yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey professionalism i love it i love to hear it try to keep the venue owners happy hey hey everybody everybody from the promoters the to the fans kind of loud but <laughs> okay i forgot about them but everybody else involved happy <laughs> <laughs> no complaints so far we're not we're not the bad loud noisy band we're just well, we're, we're just loud just loud <laughs> just, our neighbors are listening to a damn good band no <laughs> <laughs> Or you got really cool neighbors. Either way, it works out. <laughs> we do. We, do. we, we really do. do. We haven't had a single complaint around here. We've been in this yeah. uh, house that we wrote underwater in for four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, some some cats moved out. They're just down the street now. But half the band still lives here. <laughs> and yeah, we used to jam till 2, 3 in the morning and no one would say a word. Huh. But now it's kind of like, okay, wrap it up at 11 or we're, we're going to say something. Yeah. But they still let us go from nine in the morning to eleven at night, which is great. We can record yeah. demos and home albums, all, and stuff. Yeah. all, all <laughs> sorts of stuff. It's great. Hey, awesome, awesome! And of course, you once again mentioned underwater, and you also mentioned the music video a little bit earlier. You mentioned that some of it was recorded live. Uh, I happened to watch the music video uh, earlier today. Checked it out for myself. Saw some of the scenes, and like you said, the live show looks great. But also, um. Troy, what was it like to, uh, you know, get drowned for the purposes of a music video? <laughs> um, both surreal and the first time he sung the lyrics while doing it, he inhaled while underwater. <laughs> like a mouthful. Like, yeah, I you was actually, actually sang oh, goodness. I was like, <laughs> it was wild, man. Uh, originally the video was just the live video and then uh, our label partner Dave Dave Benedict there oops sorry drop some stuff he was in his bathtub and with a GoPro and he had this idea like underwater put your head under okay yeah but he filmed himself in his bathtub underwater and edited into the video to show us what it would look like yeah and had us come out there to see it. He was out in Abbotsford and we're in Vancouver. So it was an hour and a half drive, drive out there. And 
it's just wow. <laughs> what an in our in our last music video for Heartache, we showed up on the scene and they were in a truck with a camera facing at someone, and they had about a 50 hamburgers, and they said, We want you to throw these hamburgers in this guy's face while we drive away and he chases after you. And we had no idea what we were getting into. And with Dave, it was like the same kind of situation where it's yeah. like so wild. How do I keep getting into these, these moments? Because I got to his garage and he had an aquarium on uh, two bar stools with a camera underneath the aquarium <laughs> and these two light boxes. And, and he's like, so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had to put my head under the water and lip sync the whole line while breathing water out to get the bubbles. Mm-hmm. And the first like 10 times doing it was like choking on water and like, what the hell am I doing? And then after that, there was a weird like flip in my in my brain where I went from like, I guess being a little uh, nervous and afraid of like getting water in my eyes and stuff like that to realizing it was completely harmless. And as soon as my brain accepted that it was completely harmless, it was like so fun and easy. It was like playing around in a pool all day, you know. So uh, I would do like the whole line underwater with my eyes open and I'd hold my eyes open yeah, as much as I could and look into the camera at the bottom of the uh, aquarium. I've never had my eyes open underwater. <laughs> I, it was, was, it was, I would say that was the toughest thing for you to do is yeah. keep your eyes open. I've never had to do that in my life. And Dave kept saying, he's like, I don't even use goggles when I go to the lake. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Haven't you drowned before? Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> water but he's totally right it, like, my, my eyes adjusted water. and it's like holy crap our eyes are like designed to do that it, like you could see perfectly well underwater yeah after a while like he got used to I, it he I, was able to just slam his face into the water yeah eyes wide open and it's like damn man <laughs> next time he goes to a lake he's just gonna straight put his face into the water and everybody there's gonna be like what is he doing <laughs> i'm catching fish man i'm catching fish yeah there was this one there's this at, at one point troy was like kind of hanging over it all his hair was like dripping into the water and dave was coming over to the side room he's like okay so for this no for this next shot i just want you and troy like looked up and he like lifted his hair and it was just like this huge glob of smile. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they both just like locked eyes for a second and then the snot just like came down and just bursted <laughs> laughing and then he like did it again it was just like there's like hair particles and like snot and shit all in the water while he was doing it. It's hilarious. Yeah, that was the moment, the part of it that took a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now put your head in the snotty water. Yeah. Like, all right, you're in it now. Yeah. All right. You made your own mess. Get in the aquarium. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild day. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy I asked because I was laughing that entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the experience it was awesome oh. and just being able to spend the day with dave was also just like he's such a rad guy oh, it's always such so a cool. treat. it's so fun to hang out with i we, love david we love we love our label so much uh yeah. they're like rock family. is dead records it's it's danny craig and dave uh from default the drummer and the bassist and danny's actually done a lot of other productions aside from this it's like and he's, he's got the vetoes. I think he's going to be more known for being a fucking one of the best producers 
in the world soon, mm. more so than the drummer of a of a great rock and roll band. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever see this, but I mean that sincerely, Danny. <laughs> uh, this gets cool. We're on a label with these two guys that feel like they're members of our band, and they feel like they're like really good homies, like they're good good friends. Mm. Every time we're with them, it's it's like family. You know, it's great. It's great. I I, uh, I really sincerely hope that we make the next records uh, the same way. You know. Yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Heck yeah. And of I course, mean, not write the music the same way because that'd yeah. be boring. But the team. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. If it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And of course, like you mentioned, the next album. But before we get there, there is an upcoming full-length album album. it's entitled honey without without giving away too much what can you tell us about this upcoming album my friends uh 12 tracks 45 minutes ranging from slow dance material to reggae music to hard-hitting fast rock and roll love song love songs ballads acoustic songs i think the album political commentary song (laughs) <laughs> really, I think the album really shows how diverse this band can be. Yeah. And it's on vinyl. It'll be on vinyl. Yeah, we're releasing it on vinyl. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to say that, but we did. And yeah. It's a collection of it's a collection of songs that we had had written since the, the band started. Yeah, some of them, like uh, one of the songs that's coming out on the record is called Honey Brown, which led us to name the album Honey. And uh, that song, we've actually had like we've had full on fights. We've had like fist fights over, over the song. The song. Like <laughs> we want to drop this like midway on tour, you know, when we were still a, a drinking band and not <laughs> and not just you know a casual drinking band. We were like, you know, burning down the road, trying being crazy twenty year olds, and and yeah, it was like one crazy night, like. We gotta get rid of this song and like fuck you, it's our best fucking song. And then it like blew up from there because of the alcohol, right? And then we stopped playing the song. We did stop playing the song for about a year. And then Braden, our bassist Brady, who was the guy who wanted it to be gone in the first he place. He didn't know how to play the song anymore. <laughs> we had we had a different song of ours it's called Long Time Coming. And the chorus went. Long time coming. It's been a long time. Which we wrote by teasing Jordan and going, go fuck yourself, Jordan. <laughs> go fuck yourself. And it became a set song that we played hundreds of times <laughs> with that melody. <laughs> and uh, Braden one night was messing with Honey, Honey Brown in his room. And I guess it just, you know, it sometimes just happens like that. Like you start playing an old song that you hated <laughs> and then you reinvent it. And what he had done was he he played the Honey Brown, and then he put the chorus from Too Late, or uh, sorry, not from from, uh, from Long Time Coming into yeah. it. So originally, the chorus to Bad Honey Brown was, um, "Hey, it's after midnight, pour me a, another drink." And when you hear that, that's now just a little transitional bridge, and the actual chorus is Bad Bad Honey Brown which was the long time coming. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm pretty happy that song's on the album because it's like, for me, it's crazy. The turmoil the song's gone through, but it shows... The song's got history, man. <laughs> it shows to me, and, it, and I think everyone in the band, that 
you know, a good idea, you can try and throw a good idea away, but it's going to keep coming back. You know, like a, a real good idea is yeah. going to want someone it's to do something with it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah and i just love that song you know on the record i had to think about what in a different interview no 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 shade i had to think about a uh what my favorite song on the record was and uh gosh i i narrowed it down to what song i have the most fun playing and, and it's honey brown yeah, it's, it's um, such a fun song and then five more minutes our next single i can tell you that because okay. that's that's planned out our next yeah, single is five more out. minutes and that's Connor's song that he wrote and sings the lead on, and uh, brought it to us. And it was like this kind of jazzy thing, and then and then we made it really rock and roll, and then it's just turned into this like. It's, it's yeah, it's one of my favorite songs ever. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And there's a lot of songs on there that are like that. Like for a moment, of course, a record being three years old and practicing three days a week to a record that's aging, <laughs> you know it's like an old classic record to us at this point. Cause we've played it hundreds of times, thousands of times, even because some, sometimes we'll, we'll put the record on three to four times and just blast through it. And, uh, we stopped doing that for a minute. It's like, it's somewhere around the second year. <laughs> it was like, Hmm, maybe these songs aren't that good. You know, it's like, we're writing better. We are writing better songs than what's on our record now. For yeah. sure. Oh, if yeah. you come to our shows, um, we got new songs in the sets that are like, ooh, these songs. So there is a second record being written. <laughs> right. um, so we will have a follow-up album, definitely. I forgot what I was saying. I, I lost my track. <laughs> <laughs> He's going um, off the rails. Off the rails. Oh, yeah, and then we stopped listening to it for a minute, and then we came back and started playing the whole album as a band again, and kind of refamiliarizing ourselves with our catalogs that had been six months or so with, with lockups not letting us play. Yeah. It was really hard in the pandemic because of the restrictions, so you couldn't have people we, that were outside yeah. your bubble together, and only half of us lived together, so half <laughs> the band could never come around. Yeah. So it would be like six months at a time where there's nothing happening. So we started playing the record again and even songs that we thought we didn't like on the record. Everyone's going, Oh shit. That's, that's, that's not a bad song. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so every song on the record we believe is a, is a pretty good song that maybe you would enjoy if you like rock and roll music, you know? Right. Well, I'm sure they'll enjoy it if we've enjoyed it for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a testament, right? Like some people say that like, you got to drive around in a car to like test a song. I think the yeah, three-year test the is also... Check. I feel like the three-year test should also be, like, you know, a yeah, thing where it's yeah, like, is it still good? Not, yeah, it's, it's still good. A good song, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. hell We're yeah. We're not sick of it after three years. I guess that is a good <laughs> Yeah. Good sign for sure. And I mean, after even waiting three years, I'm enjoying my first couple listens of Underwater. I'm excited for the rest of the album. Heck I cannot yeah. wait to hear it. That's the most exciting thing for us. Is it's the first time for everyone else, you know. Hey, absolutely. So cool. See how once you let it out into the world and see what it does from there, right? Yeah, That's right. Let your child grow up. Hey, <laughs> like absolutely. We've been like protecting and babying our child, and now we're letting it out <laughs> of the, the the nest for the first time. Now <laughs> it's a rambunctious teenager. We don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, go down to the arcade again, John. See if I care. 
Well, I can't wait to see where that rambunctious teenager takes you guys, where it carries you into the future. I'm excited for the next album, too, of course, but I'm ready. I'm here to see these 12 tracks. Hopefully, I can find myself. Heck yeah. Where are you located? Kamloops, British Columbia. Hey, we were just down there playing shows. So we'll, I just we'll missed you. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back. We just played Kelowna. Okay, sick. Ah, oh, well, I'm sure you'll be back soon then. Any any uh, venues you'd recommend for Kamloops? We haven't really made stuff. Oh yeah, Connor would love that we're asking that. Okay, so Blue Grotto definitely a place that you might want to go. I've heard about the Blue Grotto. Yep, there's a cl- there was a nightclub that's currently being uh, renovated right now. It's under new right. ownership. Once they open up, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a pretty uh, banging spot for shows because it's actually same team as blue grotto so they oh, rock cool. the grotto they'll rock that and then there's a couple other places there's just like the effie just opened up not too long ago and like there's a couple actual spots in Kamloops now to actually host nice. shows and it's nice yeah. we're definitely looking at we'll put you uh, something in either late november maybe early december possibly Ooh. Ooh. oh hey, yeah that's hey. right we're going down to rossland yeah, we're so, playing Rosslyn. We actually might be coming through your neighborhood. We'll get you on the list. Hey, so if anybody wants to keep up to date on those dates, go ahead and follow Chase the Bear on social media so you can not just stay up with dates. This upcoming album, Honey, Leo, Troy, I need to thank you both so very much for joining me here today on the DT. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. This was really fun. And he means it. Look up Chase the Bear or we'll delete your Netflix. <laughs> We're coming for your Minecraft. We're coming for it all. Your YouTube. Your Fortnite. Music over Netflix. (laughs) Your Fortnite. Whatever it is. Your dog. We're coming. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Have a good day, gentlemen. (laughs) Peace and love. Rock and roll. Peace. Bye. All right, Ambush. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Troy and Leo Gilmore of Chase the Bear. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation enough that you're going out and checking out that new Chase the Bear single that you heard about here today. It's entitled Underwater. You can find it on your favorite music streaming service at this very moment. And what else you can do? Just go ahead and follow Chase the Bear on that favorite music streaming service so that you can stay up to date with those upcoming singles you heard about. What? That upcoming album, Honey, that's coming out in the future. What? You can also go ahead and follow the band on your favorite social media platform so you can stay up to date with upcoming shows, tour dates, music videos, and otherwise. What? Yeah, you're definitely going and doing all of those. Yes. Yes, you are. Right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We need to thank Troy and Leo for joining us here on today's episode of the DTV. We have to thank the amazing Laura from over at Strata Entertainment for making the combo happen. The audio wizard German from YPEditor.com for making it sound good. And of course, you, the ambush, for tuning on in here today. You can also go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can share this episode and you can give us a five-star review, all free ways to support the show. And you can also check out our web store, which is www.deserttiger.shop to copy yourself something to represent the DTP. You can find me, the Colton G, yes, live refing pro wrestling this Friday, September the 16th. In Vancouver, British Columbia, for Nation Extreme Wrestling's new nine one-year anniversary show at the Commodore Ballroom. 
You can also see me in Kamloops, British Columbia. Yes, my hometown. Kamloops, British Columbia for Thrash Wrestling's Bollywood Bash. Going down at the Kamloops Christian School on Saturday, September the 17th. Tickets are available to both of these shows. Come out, say hello, and have a good time. Yeah! And now we leave you with this. Go out, find your roar, and then let it out into the world because you, my friend, you are a glorious, mighty tiger, and you are wondrous, you are powerful, you are beautiful. You are all of these things. Oh, so much more. Never forget this. And until next time, Hambush, bye bye The Desert Tiger Podcast.